0: Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guests. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 55 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Tammy Haldeman. Tammy is from Wisconsin, where she works as a health and safety and environment coordinator for an excavating company. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you, Jen. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you today. You, As a podcast listener, you probably know that I like to start by asking, you know, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Yeah, I do know that. And I am definitely a podcast listener, faithfully. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear it. It's kind of an over the river and through the woods rabbit trail that got me here. So Lynn Houston and I, she was episode two, have known each other our whole life. We've been friends since kindergarten, actually. So almost 50 years. (laughs) And she started it first. And I'll be honest, I thought she was crazy. (laughs) And it's no secret. We've had this conversation. I was like, oh, my goodness, because we've tried different diets over the years. We've been through thick and thin with each other. So we've tried a lot of different things, supported each other through different things. When she said she was going to be doing fasting, I thought, oh, my goodness, she's starving herself. And that is definitely not the case. But of course, I had a lot to learn at that point. But Lynn was riding her elliptical daily. She'd been, I don't remember how many days she was at it at this point. Lynn and I have also traveled together numerous times. So I had flown out, I believe to Vegas that time. And then we were going traveling together. And when she picked me up, I was shocked by how small she was. And Then she told me a little bit about IF, and again, I I was worried about her. What is she doing, you know? Right. And through that whole trip, it was kind of like she'd say, well, I can't eat until five or something. And I'm like, oh, you know, in my mind, I'm (laughs) rolling my eyes and worried about her, but glad that she's losing weight, of course, and still trying to be supportive of whatever she's doing. So then, fast forward to about a year later, she picked me up from the airport and she was freaking tiny. right? <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, you know, this is amazing." And then we went to some friends in Salt Lake City, and she was telling them about it. So I was a little bit more intrigued at that point. And then finally in, I believe it was November of 18, I decided to give it a try. And I will tell you, Jen, it was terrible. It oh, was no. awful. I had headaches. I was hangry. Right. I was yep. sick to my stomach. I gave it a three-week shot and I just went, oh my goodness, I can't do this. And I remember calling Lynn and saying, you know, I wasn't losing any weight either. And I just said, "I, you know, I can't do it. At that time also, it's important to say I was battling high blood pressure. I had aches and pains. I've always been a real high-energy person and I never let... My weight stopped me from doing anything. I like to ride bike. I don't ride an elliptical. I ride a regular bike. (laughs) But I do like to ride bike. I like to go kayaking. We do a lot of hiking, ATVing. I'm a very active person. And I was doing all of those things. Right. But I was doing them with my knee hurts, my hip hurts. It was harder. It was a lot harder. Like I said, I was on high blood pressure medicine. At that point, they put me on high blood pressure medication. It made me feel awful. Like your blood pressure is normally up in the morning, so I would take it in the morning as prescribed. By afternoon, I felt like I was gonna pass out because my blood Ah. pressure would normally be lower just from doing, being more active and doing things. So I threw it out. Actually, I threw it out while Lynn and I were on vacation one time and didn't take anymore. I went back in. Again, they're worried about my blood pressure. So I went back on a new medication, which was then recalled for having caused cancer. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's no good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So needless to say, that one got thrown out as well. (laughs) So I tried to get a new prescription after that, and I was denied the appointment without having a full medical workup. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of Western medicine. And I knew in my heart, I knew the secret was weight loss. I knew if I could just lose weight, I'm healthy, otherwise... If I could just lose weight, I'd, be, I'd get my blood pressure in line. And so then again, in November of 18, I finally gave IF a try and had a struggle. But I started researching after I quit doing it. I started researching about different things and I found carb cycling. I was trying to research more about IF and I found carb cycling, which is Low-carb for three days, then high-carb for a day, then low-carb for two days, then high-carb for a day. And yeah, there's
0: some solid science behind that, by the way.
1: Yes, and it worked terrific. However, for myself, and again, we're all an experiment of one, It's it was very short-lived because it's not sustainable if you – at least not for me. I should say it's not right. sustainable for me because – I would be like, okay, is this a high carb day or a low carb day? And then honestly, what I struggled with the most is the high carb days. I had a hard time getting a lot of carbs in because I wasn't used to eating a lot. A lot of times I think people think that if you're a larger person, you just eat all the time. Right. I, I do think people think that. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't move. And it's just not true. <laughs> I, I moved a lot. And I, in fact, I'm a person who has for years worked out every morning. I get up yeah. every morning and I'm lifting weights and riding an indoor bike or doing my Bowflex Max. I'm about the furthest thing from sedentary you could imagine. <laughs> so plus my job requires me to be mobile. Anyway, for me, it wasn't sustainable because I just felt like I was not, are we on a high-carb day or a low-carb day? How do I get this much into me? I really, I wasn't a big eater. I didn't eat a ton of food. Um, But once you're larger, as I'm sure a lot of people know, it doesn't take a lot to keep you there. Right. Especially if your body has healing to do.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because so many people, that have struggled for a while, they'll try to diet and and to lower, you know, what already feels like not as much food as people think you're eating, but then people don't believe you.
1: Yes, exactly. I actually had a person, she's a friend of mine, and she said to me one time, how did you let yourself get so large? <laughs> and, uh. and I mean, I just think that people who've never struggled with their weight don't understand that it doesn't take a lot it's not something that you work hard at. <laughs> it's no. something that happens over time. And if your body needs needs to heal for various reasons, whether it's insulin resistance or whatever the case may be, it's, it's very easy to stay at that large weight, even though you're doing all the things you think you should do. Lower your calories and move more, and it doesn't work. Right, that eat way. less, move
0: more. Yeah. Yes, and, and exactly. you're, you're like, well, I'm I'm doing that, and they're like, well, you must be lying, because right. <laughs> well, what? You, are, know, if you, it, <laughs> if you really were. Yes, would be skinny like me. Someone would say, right? You well, know, my
1: husband was was like yeah. that. He's like,
0: just eat less.
1: Yes, like, and then the question is, well, what are you eating? <laughs> Yeah. You know, oh you must be eating a lot of greasy fried foods. No, <laughs> I'm actually not. <laughs> so the
0: carb cycling, you you tried that. You were not fasting with the carb cycling though. You were just doing the carb cycling.
1: Right. And I lost quite a, I lost some weight. I lost twelve to fifteen pounds, but it came right back on and then some once I wasn't doing it. But I know now that it was my body healing at the time, but it didn't feel good, you know. <laughs> And so even now, I wish I would have just kept going because I know that it would have done the healing. But I do believe I call them Tammy theories. And the Tammy theory is that the carb cycling prepped my body to do IF when I finally restarted it.
0: I think that's a good theory because, you know, I've told this story before on the intermittent fasting podcast. And I think I've probably told it here as well. But I tried keto before I switched back to intermittent fasting and added carbs back in and finally started losing weight, I struggled with intermittent fasting from 2009 to 2014 and I could never make it stick as a lifestyle. And then, you know, right around 2014, I was like, I've got to do something. So I tried keto for the entire summer of 2014. I joined all the groups. I read all the books. I tweaked my macros and I lost zero pounds. Yeah. Yes. And I was always hungry. Keto did not make me feel satisfied, unlike the people who try it and they're like, I immediately was full and it tastes great. <laughs> and I don't even need to eat. I'm like, no, I was constantly like, what else can I eat? It yes. made me feel satisfied. But when I reintroduced carbs and started intermittent fasting, I immediately started losing weight. So I do think that those months of keto did something. For my insulin resistance.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's how I feel about carb cycling. It was healing me so that when I did start it again, it made a huge difference. So when
0: you started again, what month was that when you started again?
1: So when I started again was just April 29th of 2019. How long did you carb cycle in between there? I would say only about a month, maybe. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't very long. And then I quit and gained a bunch of weight back. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, but we don't know what that, I mean, again, I really do think that that time with keto really helped my body
1: heal. I really do too. I firmly believe that. So
0: when you started in April 2019, how was it different that time?
1: So what happened is, and and I just want to say this is, everybody has their start point and and they just know that this is the day. Well, April Mm -hmm. 29th, I was on the back of my boyfriend's motorcycle and a friend took a picture. And that picture, she sent me the picture and I just cried. <laughs> I just felt awful. I was like, who is that person on yeah. the back of his motorcycle? That is not me. I think I think a lot of times there's two things that happen in us. We sometimes think we're not that big. We don't feel like a big person on the inside. So we don't realize how, how large we've really become. And then I also think that sometimes it takes a picture like that, that you didn't get to edit. <laughs> Before, right. Before it came to you, you know, there was no, uh, just from the shoulders up happening there.
0: I, I think both are true. For me, it was a photo. Yes. It was a, that photo when I was on the cruise with my family, and, and I, I felt like someone had like inflated me. Yes. Like, you know, a, a hot air balloon. Yes. I, I looked inflated in the photo. And I'm like, do I look like that really?
1: I felt the same way. I exactly the same way. So I knew I had to do something, and my. My boyfriend is completely, he is so supportive. When I had lost 17 pounds, he's sent me 17 roses. He's just been nothing Aww. but supportive through this whole journey. And we discuss, I should, it's important for me to say that we discuss when I'm going to eat because I do switch up my window. <laughs> and yeah, so we actually discuss when, when to have food. And, and so it's kind of been, you know, a teamwork thing. That makes it such a difference, having him as a support system. Yeah, so supportive. So I told him that I was going to, I said, I think I'm going to start intermittent fasting again. I'm going to try it again. And when he didn't say, no, you shouldn't do it, (laughs) (laughs) even though there'd been all those days that I was hangry and awful to live with when I tried it before, I knew I definitely had to try it.
0: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you came back to it. So oh, the second me a, too. April 29th. So you were
1: ready to give it a try. How was it
0: different this time?
1: Everything I believe is about two things: mindset, mindset, mindset. Oh yeah. Listening to your book and Lynn's podcast, and Lynn's podcast especially. She had posted the podcast to our. We have a private Facebook page with some girls that we graduated high school with, and she posted it to our private site and I listened to that and I immediately felt it's not only doable, but it's necessary. I have to do this. And she had also posted your book that we should listen to delay. Don't deny. And I listened to not only her podcast, but all the podcasts. When I decided to do this, I re-listened to hers. I listened to the book and It was just like light bulbs going on because there was a why to it. Now I know why I'm going to do this. I love that.
0: I I think that's important too. All those years that I struggled, it was the same kind of a thing. I didn't, I wasn't just really, I wasn't really there.
1: Yes. I'm a quote person. I love quotes. (laughs) And there's a quote that says, once your mindset changes, everything on the outside will change along with it. It's by Steve Maraboli. And then the other one that I just think is huge is it doesn't matter how long how slowly you go as long as you don't stop. That's confucius. Right. And so anyway, I had this whole different mind shift that this was what my body needed and it needed to heal and it needed all of these things to be healthier. And above all else, I wanted to be healthier. So I think that's what... What really changed at that point, and once I listened to the book, which I've listened to more than once, by the way, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I listened to the podcast, I'm a faithful listener. Sometimes I wish there was more than one a week. <laughs> I know, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was just awesome. And it's been awesome ever since. I, I can't tell you. Oh, and I should say, I'm a clean faster. I have been since day one. Prior to IF, I had some digestive problems and I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm lactose intolerant or maybe I'm starting to develop Crohn's disease or, I mean, all of these things went through my head of what is going on with me. So I had actually cut out the creamer in my coffee because I thought of all these other issues might ha- that might have something to do with it. I had heard people having it trouble losing weight because of dairy. So right. I thought, well, maybe it's the dairy. So so the switch over to black coffee had happened before I even started IF. Well, that's nice because that's really something that a lot of people
0: struggle with. You know, just yesterday, somebody in the group, and I wanted to give her a hug, but her post was, The biggest struggle ever in my life is trying to give up creamer. I'm like, I'm so sad. But actually, that's good. If that's the worst struggle you've ever had, then
1: (laughs) That's true. That is true. (laughs) Okay.
0: I'm sorry you're struggling so badly, but...
1: (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Putting
0: that in perspective. But people really, really struggle with this. And so I don't want to downplay it as minor because... Think of your your black coffee as your your medication that you have to take. Absolutely.
1: And I think And that if you
0: really need the creamer, have it in your window later. Have coffee with creamer and
1: savor every every sip in your window. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. The girl, one of the girls that I work with, she started IF because I told her about Lynn and then I started IF and she saw my progress. So then she started IF. So we've kind of done this journey together at work. And she's my boss. So she she started it and she really, really, really struggled with coffee. She didn't even like coffee, right? Not to mention flavored coffee, she just felt like coffee. And then one day she came into work and she said, Why didn't you tell me about the salt thing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, adding like a little sprinkle of salt to yeah, the coffee, grounds. A, little,
1: a little sprinkle of the Himalayan salt is all that she needed. And now she's doing the coffee and does she. Drinks it every day. It's so funny. I tried that after people were talking about it, and I was like, I have just ruined a pot of coffee.
0: (laughs) It did not work. But I I had adjusted to the black coffee already, so I was like, What is this weird weird coffee? But people do swear by it. Put a little sprinkle, tiny bit. Maybe I over. I don't know. But I did not like it. Yeah, and people say it cuts the bitterness.
1: I've never tried it. I've. Like you said, it's the medicine that helps this work. And again, with the mind shift thing, I wanna I wanna say, so prior to IF, I I drank a lot of Diet Coke. I quit drinking Diet Coke sometime in April before I ever started IF. And I also, when I looked at starting IF, I was thinking about how I didn't even realize how much it was doing to me. But that was probably another part of my healing process before I started IF was not drinking Diet Coke anymore. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to squeeze that in there too, because if there's people out there still drinking diet soda, that, that's a huge shift as well.
0: I don't like to judge food as good or
1: bad. No, I no. prefer not to
0: do it, but I do think that there are a lot of problems with the artificial sweeteners that we don't even realize. You know, I drank them, I used them heavily for years. You know, I was a, a diet Mountain Dew girl back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I am mean, talking a long time ago, that was my drink of choice. And I was always drinking, you know, a Diet Mountain Dew. And then I switched to the Diet Coke, because I read that the Diet Mountain Dew, something in the yellow coloring made it worse for your thyroid or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm switching to a healthier choice. Then I started drinking Diet Coke. I drank that for a long time. And yeah, I do think it disrupts a lot of things in our bodies that we don't realize are happening. You know, even I've, I've read that the artificial sweeteners can disrupt our gut
1: microbiome. Yes. Yes. I've, I've heard that too or read that too.
0: So it's it's just something to, to keep in mind if you're having a lot of trouble. You know, yes, you can have whatever you want in your eating window, but perhaps the diet sodas are actually harming you, you know, more than you realize that. So I'm just, just throwing that out there. Right. Right. And then once you wean yourself off of them, could you imagine drinking a Diet Coke now?
1: No. No, I never do. (laughs) I remember telling Jody, my boyfriend, I said, you know, there's been one day that I thought about having a Diet Coke and it's just because there was no other options. (laughs) There was no no water there. It was either that or Mountain Dew and I didn't want either. So I just didn't drink anything. So going back to before I ever, long, long time before I started IF, I would trick myself into, because I wanted to drink more water. So I would say okay, you can't have any Diet Coke until you have this much water in your life. (laughs) And so again, with the mindset thing, I think that if we just, it's how we talk to ourselves and what we tell ourselves that we can do and we can do anything that we set our mind to. Yeah, I think
0: that's important. A lot of people don't drink plain water. Like like they just don't. And they, quote, don't like it. Yeah, you know, I've seen that come up as well. People are like, I cannot drink plain water. I must add something to my water. I'm like, when did we, you know, as a society, and, and I'm the same way. I was always drinking something flavored and sweetened back in the past. And now I'm not. But when did we think we had to have something to enhance our water at every moment and plain water was not something we could tolerate?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. But I was
0: like that too. Yeah, you know, I'm not judging people because I no. was right there. You know, I was buying those crystal light pouches that you add to your water. Yes, I've done, <laughs> <laughs> I've done that too. I've done that too. I think we all have and and it was just like constantly having something flavored going into my mouth. Yes. And so having to, you know, redevelop a taste for just plain water. It's mind-boggling looking back. Yes. On that, like, like what? I know, (laughs) but you know, I watched children as a teacher. You know, we started allowing them to bring water bottles to school and have them on their desks all the time. This this change happened back when I first started in 1990. Children were not drinking water at their desk all day. Sure, (laughs) but you know, as we got into the 2000s, everybody always had a water bottle. But then it started being, you know, they were adding enhancements to their waters. So even the children are doing
1: it. Well, and I think. That's something that I think a lot of this doing IF simplifies your life. Um, I heard someone on the podcast, I think it was last week, say, you know, it just made my life so simple. I don't have to think about food. I don't have to think about what I'm packing for lunch. I don't have to think, well, it's the same with IF. It just simplifies your life. It really, really does. If you want that other flavor, that's great. Have it in your window. And I use an app. So I think... For me, I've had this visualization of when my, I call it slamming, and I'll, I'll say bad boy because it's a B word, but it's not that. <laughs> yeah. And I call it slamming that <laughs> shut. with that bad yes. boy closed. Yeah. Slam it shut. And And to me, in my mind, I visualize this vault and it's this huge vault door and nothing can get in except coffee and water. And that's all that can get in there while that bad boy is closed. And then when it opens game on. I can have whatever I want. You know, if I've been craving ice cream, I'll have ice cream. If I've been craving chocolate, I'll have chocolate. If I want carbs, I'll have carbs, whatever I want in my window. If it's a cheeseburger, have a cheeseburger. But you find the app really, the app really helps you to visualize that. It does. And I actually use several apps. This sounds kind of funny, but um, one of the things that I really like is the coworker I was mentioning earlier, she bought a smart scale. And that has made such a huge difference. I wish I would have had it before I ever started because I look at all of the things that changed in how healthy my metrics are. It's just amazing. You know, I I think we put as dieters back when we were dieters instead of IFers, we put too much importance on things like the BMI and When I look at my my smart scale and I see all of these things on my fit index that are in, you know, my body fat is in an acceptable spot. My fat-free body weight is in a great spot. My subcutaneous fat is in a great spot. All of these things, my bone mass, my protein, My BMR is even in a great spot. And so look at all of those things that are healthy about my skeletal muscle. All of those things are in healthy, in a healthy area and they just keep getting better. The longer I do IF, the better it gets. It's much more than just the sum of all those numbers. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you know, you're, if you're just on a regular scale and all you've got is weight, yes, you know, that's the sum of your fat and your fat-free mass and your water and your bone and everything. But when you can really see that, hey, my fat is going down, and these this lean, you know, my fat-free mass, my lean tissue, my muscle, it's all my my, my bone, it's actually going up. That's the part we, you know, we want, we want less fat, more
1: everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: So then you don't worry so much that the scale is not going down as quickly as
1: you like. Absolutely, And I know you had, I can't think of his name, but the person who developed Happy Scale. Russ
0: Shanahan. Yes, yeah, Russ, Russ Shanahan. Here.
1: And I love Shout Happy Scale. Shout out to Russ, yeah. Happy Scale, yes. Shout out to him because I downloaded it the same day. And I love it because then I could see my whole journey in one spot. Where before I was, you know, I could only see a week or a couple weeks at a time. It would, for somebody that is focusing on that number, it, it would get frustrating. I wasn't focusing on it, but it's just, it's great to see that whole journey in one spot.
0: Yeah, I really did enjoy, I had an app that came with my scale. I had a smart scale. This is back in, you know, 2014, 2015. And, you know, it would sync. It was Bluetooth. Yours probably does that as well. Yes. And, I really enjoy seeing even the ups and downs now looking back. Of course, at the time, I didn't like the ups, but <laughs> yeah. you can still see the, the trend line is really <laughs> all that matters, as we know. But I enjoy going back and looking at that data now. Of course, I don't weigh now, but I enjoy seeing, you know, here's what I was doing and this is how, it. Re- you know, you really know what's happening. I'm not against weighing. And sometimes people get that thought, you know, Jen doesn't want you to weigh. That's not true. I just don't want you to become obsessed or bothered.
1: No, honestly, I, I hear you and I, I hear your podcasts and I know that you are not anti-weigh, but I will tell you that I look forward to right now, obviously I'm still in the weight loss journey and I'm not at maintenance yet. But when I get to maintenance, I long for the day that I can go a week or a few days without weighing Right, because right now it feels like I'm t- kind of tied to it. It's kind of a, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> we got back from vacation while well, we were just gone for the weekend. So long weekend, little mini vacation. And I said, I'm not waiting until Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> and and J- Jody says, okay. And he gives me this funny look. And I'm like, mm, you don't believe me. <laughs> He just said, oh. he's just like, okay, so I go upstairs, to put the, some things away, and he had hidden my scale. Oh, That's funny. So I couldn't weigh until Wednesday or Thursday, and it was such a relief because just trusting the process, I got back on the scale, and I I can't remember. I might have been up a little bit, maybe a pound or maybe not even a whole pound, but It was right around in the same area that I had been when I left. I'm a big believer in giving it a few days. I'll just never forget after
0: I got to my initial goal weight. This is in 2015. I went on a a girl's trip. So I weighed on Friday before I went on the trip. And then, you know, we were there over the weekend. There was plenty, I'm sure, beer. We were having, you know, whatever. Ate out in restaurants. On Monday morning when I got on the scale, guess how many pounds I was up?
1: How many Nine. Oh my goodness,
0: really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would have been terrible. but I, I knew it wasn't nine pounds of fat because that right. would be impossible. <laughs> but we do see people all the time, they'll they'll come to the, you know, the Facebook groups, they're like, I gained nine pounds, am I never going to be able to eat, quote, normally again? I'm like, well, you know, that was far from normal. That right. weekend where I right. ate all that food was not normal. And I just immediately started back with my intermittent fasting plan. I didn't do like extended fasting or whatever. I just started back with my daily eating window. And by the next Friday, it was all gone. I was back to the weight I had been. So just, you have to understand, you know, we had eaten at a Japanese steakhouse one night and I'd eaten a large volume of food. So you retain a lot of water. Right, right. Yeah, very along true. Along with all that food. So, I mean, I was literally full of it, right? Full of the food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, you know, you can't let that freak you out. And And it didn't undo everything I'd done. I hadn't really gained nine pounds. It just was nine pounds of, you know whatever was inside my system.
1: One of one of our friends recently said, you know, oh, you're. I, I had a longer window, and he says, oh, you're eating. You know, I thought you <laughs> couldn't eat until whenever or whatever. And I said, yeah, I'm just having a longer window. And I said, he had such a funny look on his face because he's just not like we will go to breakfast and I won't eat with them. I'll just have my coffee and water. And <laughs> so anyway, I said, yeah, don't worry. Eating twice today isn't going to make me gain back the whole 44 pounds or whatever I've lost. So So you've lost 44 pounds? No, actually, now I'm at 48.5 something, 48.8. I wanted so badly, Jin to be at 50 when we did the podcast. Oh. So by the time it airs, I'll be at 50 pounds. You will. You will be at
0: 50 by then. So we'll say 50. Yay! yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. And is that just since April?
1: That is just since April.
0: That's fabulous. I know it feels so good.
1: Oh, it does. And, you know, I read just the other day, um, Oh, and now I won't be able to think of the exact the exact thing that it is, but what is it? A pound of oh, I'm trying to think. A pound off, a pound of weight off is how much off your knees and hips?
0: Oh yeah, I've seen that too. I can't oh, here it is. the number,
1: but it's for every pound you lose, it takes four pounds of pressure off your knees and six pounds off your hips. Wow! So I just sent that to a friend of mine, but yes, so it's amazing. I, I will tell you, I am. I am so pain free. It's so amazing. <laughs> I thought. I thought I just got to a point where I had an injury. It was actually an injury to my knee. I came down a ramp with a load of stuff on a cart and tweaked my knee. I had an old injury in my left hip that was from a uh, ATVing accident, and then I re-injured it <laughs> slipping in some mud, getting out of my kayak. <laughs> so, I sound like such a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, it's crazy. I have no pain in my joints. It is very unusual for me to have an acre pain, and I'm 53 years old. That's fabulous.
0: Yeah, I very rarely have an acre of pain. I did when I was moving. Oh, I <laughs> like I was doing a lot of twisting and turning, and I'm like, my knee, it hurts, but it only hurt for like, like a day.
1: Honestly, we moved in.
0: I think I twisted it.
1: I think it was June. I can tell you, my everything hurt. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Moving is but hard goodness, on the body. Yeah,
0: thank goodness for fasting though because I I don't think I could have survived it.
1: I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. It's it's so much different.
0: Cause I got unpacked so quickly, people were like, "You're already done." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm done."
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: <laughs> I just had energy like the Energizer
1: Bunny. You know, you know, I've always been a high energy person, and I was talking to my son about IF, and and he said, so, "I said, and I just have so much energy," and he goes, "Oh, like you needed more of that." <laughs> <laughs> but but it's a different thing because. Oh, and I, w- I really want to say to, sorry, I interrupted myself, but I really want to make sure I, that we talk about this. People talk all, a lot about working out in the fasted state on the Facebook pages. And I just want to say, I always, almost always work out in the fasted state. I get up at 3.45 in the morning, three four, between 3.45 and 4 a.m. I go in and I lift weights, I either am on an indoor bike or on my Bowflex Max. And then I go to work, I work all day, I come home and do the normal things that you do in the evening. I have plenty of oomph. And just recently, I did a little experiment. And I was I went for a bike ride in the evening. After doing all that during the day, then I went for a bike ride about a 12 mile bike ride in the evening. So actually it's 11 and a half. So 11.52 the first day. And I was on a long fast because I like to throw in a long fast about once a week. Uh huh. So I was on a long fast at that time. The first day I did 11.52 miles and I did it in a little over an hour. And then the second day I'm still fasting. And so because I was on a long one, so I'm still fasting, did the workout, went to work, came home, went for an 11.59 bike ride and did it in an hour. So I, it wow. took me less time, and I went further. <laughs> the second thing you day. were
0: fueled by your body fat.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> and I and I also want to say I had a little whoosh after that, so it was good. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. Congratulations on the whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you're not like you know weak and unable to work. Oh my goodness, workout. no, it's, it's, yeah. At first, yes. You know, when you're first starting out, people will say, I tried to work out and I really couldn't do it. I'm like, yeah, give your body some time to adjust.
1: Yes. Oh, I have to tell another funny story about first starting. So some people start out at 16, 8, 18, 6, kind of ease into this. Well, my friend Lynn, who is the one who started it before me, and she was the experiment that helped me get going. (laughs) She had told me that she did 24 so I thought I misunderstood her and thought that she was doing 24 hours of not eating and then eating, <laughs> eating and then doing another 24. So the very oh. first day I started. <laughs> and you tried to do 24. I did. And it was a breeze. Oh. It was so funny. Oh, well. I started out and what happened, it was kind of by accident. I knew I wanted to start it, but what had happened is I got up in the morning, I didn't go to breakfast. I started cleaning my house. And the next thing you know, I was thinking, wow, it's been like since five o'clock yesterday afternoon that I ate. And now I'm like 16 hours in. Well, I should just see if I can go to 20. And we were busy that day. And we kept going. And the next thing you know, excuse me, it was 24 hours. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I, I feel good. I don't feel tired I don't feel starving I'm okay oh and one of the things too that I should add is a lot of where that came from is something you said Jen was hunger is not an emergency right and that was such an eye-opener because I think a lot of the time before you start IF or when you're thinking about going a long time without eating you think oh my gosh I feel hungry I need to eat right away well it's What damage are you going to do to your body by being hungry? Nothing. (laughs) It's okay.
0: I remember the days that I would eat. I wasn't hungry, but I was afraid I would be later. So I better eat now. So I'm not hungry later. Oh my gosh. That doesn't even make sense You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going (laughs) to say the same thing. I'm going to be busy. I better eat
1: and so I won't be hungry later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I might might not get a chance this afternoon. So I better eat earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I better go through this drive-thru
0: and get a... Happy meal and eat it now. Yes. I, I was always eating a happy meal, so I wouldn't be hungry. It's
1: just a happy meal. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's something that is such a huge thing. A lot of times I hear or I see people who may be just starting out and they might be 16 hours in and or they might be 12 hours in and don't think that they're going to make it to 16. And something that just kind of came to me, maybe a little epiphany, I used to travel a lot for work, so I was on planes a lot. And every once in a while, there either wouldn't be service on that plane for turbulence reasons or something like that. So you just didn't have anything till you got off the plane. Well, it's kind of the same with intermittent fasting. You know, if you know that you can't eat until you get off the plane, you know you're going to be okay. It's just a mindset thing. I'll just eat later. You just tell yourself, I'll just eat later. It's the same thing with intermittent fasting. You can have whatever you wanted to have those peanuts or those crackers or whatever it is. You can have it later. Just You just have to wait till you get off the plane or you just have to wait until the window is open. Exactly. Yeah. I was just flying this past week. I was flying and same
0: thing nothing to eat on the plane they weren't even doing service because we fly from augusta to atlanta it's oh, like sure. a 30 minute flight all everything connects in augusta, i mean in atlanta and so i'm like yeah we'll we'll be fine we'll yeah. just
1: eat later yep and another thing i want to say about that too is that to help people get into a good mindset is if you're somewhere where you can't eat or drink anything for example like you're at a doctor's appointment or you can't eat right then. You don't just throw it for your hands and go, well, then I'm just not going to eat for the rest of the day. So why <laughs> then do we sometimes go, well, I ate something I shouldn't have, or I ate earlier than I should have. So I'm just going to eat all the things.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's such dieter's mindset, isn't it? Well, I've already blown it. Yeah. I might as well just blow it completely. Yeah. Like, no. Oh. No, you didn't you know, when blow you realize- anything. You didn't. Intermittent fasting is not like that. You're not dieting anyway. It's just a pattern of when you're going to eat. So you didn't ruin it, even if you opened your window early.
1: You just adjusted your window. That's all you did. You adjusted a window. That's it. That's it. And even if it's longer,
0: if your window is longer that day, that's okay, too.
1: Yes. And it takes this
0: time to undo that that mindset of the dieting. Definitely. Because I had to unlearn it. You know, I was a slow learner. It took me probably longer than a lot of people to unlearn it. It took me like two years before I had gotten all that away, and even sometimes it'll still rear its ugly head. Oh, absolutely! But for the most part, no, it, it's it's gone. It does it does eventually, mostly go away.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: it does. <laughs> so you've talked about how you had. Um, you know, your pain, pain is gone now. Are there any other health benefits you've seen? You mentioned earlier you had high blood pressure. How's that all doing?
1: Blood pressure is terrific. I'm not on any medication and it's awesome. Every time I check it, it's amazing. And I actually was at a point where I could feel it going up when it was. (laughs) And, and it's Uh just, I feel great. I have none of that. I feel like I'll just go through some of the non-scale victories I've had. All right. We love those. I, I thought it was crazy when somebody said their scars smoothed out, but it's true. I have scars that are smaller. It does smaller. sound crazy, doesn't it? It
0: does. It sounds unbelievable like we're making that
1: up. It really does. I mean, if when somebody <laughs> told me that, I thought, oh, come on. But it's true. That's fake. It's true. <laughs> um, my lashes, eyelashes are longer and fuller. My skin is smoother and softer. And I don't hardly ever have to use, I think it's because I drink so much water during my fast. I don't have to use lotion like I did before. It's just my skin is softer. That's
0: true. We were just talking about that. I go to coffee every Saturday with other intermittent fasters from Augusta, and we were just talking about how smooth our skin is today.
1: Yes. Clearance rack shopping. When you're a bigger person, you usually can't find a whole lot on those clearance racks. (laughs) My shoes either don't fit because I've lost so much weight or they fit better.
0: (laughs) Right. That is true. People don't know that your feet get smaller.
1: Yes. I'm back to my high school shoe size.
0: Yes. You know, I thought it was just gravity made your feet spread out or something. Yeah. But no, apparently an extra 80
1: pounds will do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think I look and, and people have told me I look and feel younger. Yeah, that's pretty much universal. Wow.
0: You know, somebody was asking recently in the group, you know, I'm afraid when I lose the weight, I'm going to look old and haggard like so many people do. I'm like, I'd like you to look at the before and after photos and see if you can find somebody who looks worse and I, I, you won't. Oh, 100%. People have bigger, brighter eyes pretty much every time.
1: Yes, absolutely. And then this is kind of a crazy one that I know you've heard a lot, but it happened to me as well. My sights improved.
0: Yeah, that that is amazing. I,
1: I wish mine would. <laughs> it's improved to the point. I mean, I, I had readers that actually were too strong for me. That's how much it improved. So it's crazy. I think that could be related to blood pressure too, like your eyesight. It could be. It could very well be. Like the pressure in your eyes, something like that. Or even yeah. it could have something to do with, I was never diagnosed with diabetes, but just the fact that I could have been pre-diabetic, who knows? I'm pretty sure I was. I was never diagnosed with it either, but I had so much abdominal fat.
0: I would be shocked if I was not.
1: Yes, I totally agree. Um, I think, you know, the the silly things that you don't even think about, it saves money. It builds confidence, teaches patience. (laughs) I think it teaches eventually and it should teach us right away to stop comparing ourselves to others. Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. I've heard the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. And it also is a self-sabotager when it comes to intermittent fasting. Just don't allow yourself to compare it because you're, here's a perfect example. Last week, there was someone on the podcast that said, stay consistent and that works for them. I think most of my success and losing the 50 pounds has been because I switch up my window a lot. Because you're flexible. We we will say, like, I might say, hey, I'm going to do a long, I'll eat breakfast today, and then I'm going to do a long one so that we can go out and eat fish Friday night, <laughs> for example. Right. And yeah. and that works great for me, and I've seen great success with it.
0: It really is all about knowing yourself and what works for you, like you, like you said, because for somebody... Being consistent might be what keeps them on track. Once they change things up, they tend to just quit completely. Absolutely. Whereas for you, being too
1: consistent makes you wanna give up because you need the flexibility. Absolutely. It makes people listen to their bodies better and realize that you're in charge of your own health. This is your health, it's not the doctor's health, it's your health. And you can take control of it. You can do what's good for you. I see so many people that have great doctors that are supportive of IF. And then I see other ones that not so much. And then other ones that they do some research on it and come back and say, yeah, this is a good thing. We've had doctors on the podcast, both this one and the one you do with Melanie, just listen to your body. It's telling you things and you you have to listen to it.
0: That is really true. And never be afraid to speak up.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, don't be intimidated by your doctor because doctors are people. They're just people and they know they know things you don't know. But you also know things about your body that they can't know because, you know, you're living in it with the sensation. So always trust yourself and speak up and don't be intimidated.
1: 100%. Very quick story. My sister God rest her soul, had ovarian cancer, and she did it her way. And I learned that from her, that you're in charge of your own health. And, you know, by the time she reached her journey, she had many doctors telling her, I'll do what you need me to do because you're amazing and you know what your body needs. Wow. She sounds amazing. She was. She's. She was. Yeah. And I think, too, that it, it kind of drives home the point that... Um, if your doctor isn't addressing the, you as a whole person, you need to make sure that they're not just treating a symptom. Make sure they're treating the whole person for you.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's important. And, you know, you can find a different doctor. We click with different people. absolutely. And in every aspect of our lives, yes. you know, it's, it's okay. You might not have chemistry with that one doctor. Right. And then you can find somebody that you feel like does work really well with you. And that's important. Don't be afraid to be your own best advocate. Yes, absolutely. So I, I heard you. You, know, you share with with everybody. You've got your friend at work doing it. How about other people in your life? Do you share intermittent fasting openly?
1: I do. I'm very open. I'm a very open person, anyways. For so for private people, I'm sure that's kind of hard for them. But my husband's like, "Why do you tell everybody that?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm one of those people. Here's how I look at it. Though. I also
0: tell people stuff about him. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so he doesn't know. He would probably die if he knew some of the things I had said about him. Same
1: here. <laughs> nobody tell him. Nobody tell yes, him. <laughs> same here. I had Lynn's permission to use her to tell her things. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I probably sometimes I probably share too much. I have written a book too. It's called Take My Advice. I don't use it anyway. <laughs> Oh, wow. And in there, I share a lot of personal things. And I'm sure that people probably think, oh, my goodness, is all this stuff real? <laughs> <laughs> She's an oversharer. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think people like to hear from those of us that are over because it makes them feel normal. It's so true. And here's how I look at it. If I help one person, because I'll be honest, there's people that I see that I know by looking at them that they are probably struggling with their weight or they are unhealthy because of their weight. And I just want to go up to them and hand them your book. Because if I help one person by sharing, then that's one person that doesn't have to struggle any longer.
0: If ever, so I, I try not to,
1: to like talk about it
0: to people that I don't know, but if, if anyone ever, you know, like one time I was in a store and I overheard two ladies talking about dieting and they were like talking about, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. And they were, you could tell they were dreading, you know, this diet. And I'm like, hey, have y'all ever heard of intermittent fasting? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, no, tell us about it. And this was years ago, but I don't even think I've read my book yet, but. You know, when you hear that opening, don't be afraid to, to jump in.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Because people are looking for the answer, and you know, there's that whole meme you may have seen. You know, the the Fight Club meme. You know, the first rule of fasting is we don't talk about fasting, or the first rule of Fast Club is we. I'm like, I don't think that's that's a healthy way to look at. No, it. No, I don't either, because it makes it seem like intermittent fasting is something shameful or secretive that we have to hide. Yeah, exactly. And it's not. I mean, share it with the world. You know, if you think you're doing something shameful, then you need to learn some more about fasting. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs>
0: right. Listen to the podcast again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I I think that we we need to openly talk about it and not feel defensive. You know, gosh, I wouldn't be defensive about it. I have nothing to defend. It's a healthy lifestyle. I'm certainly way healthier now than I was 80 pounds ago.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and really, I think, too, that it's for IF, it's not a matter of if it could work for you. If you do try it, it's a matter of how it will work and when it will work. That's what's unique to you. And,
0: you know, somebody, somebody left the group, one of the groups yesterday, and they were like, you know, intermittent fasting hasn't worked for me. I've done it for eight months and it hasn't worked. And like, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that, but maybe it hasn't worked for weight loss, but I wonder what else it may have done. Absolutely. In your body. And of course, you know, people start it because they want to lose weight. I know that. But I, I really do think that, the other benefits are so solid that if you are doing intermittent fasting, you've been doing it and you haven't lost the weight, what else has it done in your body? What other, you know, there's non-skill victories, Tammy, that you just listed. Yeah. You know, even if you hadn't lost any weight, look at all the things that have, have happened for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I can tell you, I mean, even my boyfriend shares because he he will talk to somebody and think that it might help them. And he'll even share what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, does he
0: fast at all? Does he do intermittent fasting? You know, he
1: kind of, he really didn't need to for weight loss, but he sometimes does just because we tend to try to eat together. So he might say, are you eating tonight? And I'll say, yeah, I'm eating tonight. So then he'll say, okay, I'm going to skip lunch and eat with you when we get home or whatever. So in a way he does, but not, he's not on a schedule, I wouldn't say. So, yeah, my husband,
0: same way. He doesn't, He well, he does. He doesn't eat till usually around lunchtime, but he's not like timing it officially.
1: Yes. Right. And he still drinks the soda. <laughs> yeah. <Yo. laughs> I'm
0: working on it,
1: Jen. I'm working on it.
0: Now, my husband is really funny. He'll eat lunch and then later... I'll be like, you want to have, you know, I'm eating cheese and crackers. Would you like to have some? And he'll be like, no, my window is closed. I'm like, no, it isn't. You already had lunch. (laughs) But he he like, he like has two windows. I'm like, okay, you just made that up. That's not a real thing, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) Do whatever you want. And he'll say his window's closed because he's in between the meals. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's not how it works, but but all
1: right. That is funny.
0: (laughs) He's got his own type of window. Yeah, same here. almost out of time. So I'm sure you know, I like to to close by asking, what advice would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Honestly, I was lucky because I had those of you who've gone before me to teach me all the things but so I will say I don't I can't really think of anything I wish I had known. But I will tell you learn as much as you can about IF listen to the podcast, listen to the book, listen to it more than once. Ask questions, teach someone else about it. Helping, sharing it will help you learn more about it and and you're helping others. So do that. If you're just starting out, again, I'm a quote person, so I'm going to give you a Thomas Edison quote. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were when they gave up. Oh, I love that. So, and then just, I'm going to say it again. Just remember you're an experiment of one. Don't compare yourself to anyone. Just do it your own way. And realize that your body
0: may have a different need that you haven't identified yet. Yes. But something good is happening in your body when
1: you're doing intermittent fasting. Here's the thing. You are not getting less healthy by doing this. What have you got to lose? (laughs) You're not doing anything bad for yourself.
0: Well, Tammy, thank you so very much for, for talking to me today. And I have
1: really enjoyed it. I've truly enjoyed it too, Jen. Thanks so much.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor so don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. Learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.